the kingdom. Or perhaps was he referring to the final end kingdom, meaning that it would come before some of the disciples had died. Or was he referring to the transfiguration here in chapter 9? Well, I want to suggest to you this morning that Jesus was referring to the transfiguration. Verse 1, and he said to them, this links verse 1 to what has just been said in chapter 8. Further, chapter 9, verse 2, and after six days, again, the and after links what is about to happen to what has just happened. After six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James and John and led them up a high mountain by themselves. Jesus taking the three inner circle as they're often referred to would fit too with the sum who would not taste death. And as these disciples are taken up a high mountain and as Jesus is transfigured, these disciples are getting a glimpse into the true divine glory of the Son of God. The transfiguration acts as reassurance to the disciples of who Jesus is and what he has come to do. This morning we will see that Jesus is glorious, verses 2 and 3. Then Jesus is greater, verses 4 to 8. And then Jesus is worthy, verses 9 to 13. So let's begin by seeing that Jesus is glorious in verses 2 to 3. So we saw there Peter, James and John are led up a high mountain by themselves. They're taking on a bit of a trek themselves. But they were brought up this high mountain and Jesus was transfigured before them. Transfigured literally means to change in form. And we see that his, his clothes became radiant, intensely white as no one on earth could bleach them. It's helpful for us to refer to, to Matthew and Luke to fill in some more details uh, and give us a better picture of what is happening here. Matthew tells us that Jesus' face shone like the sun. His clothes became as white as light. Luke confirms the the appearance of his face was altered and his clothes became dazzling white. And what we are seeing here is an act of God revealing his glory in his Son, Jesus Christ. Note that this is not something anyone on earth could do. It is an act of God. Note also that it's not like there's there's some kind of spotlight on Jesus and so lighting him up and, and causing him to dazzle. But Jesus himself is the intense radiance 
white, dazzling light. The disciples here, they're, they're getting a glimpse of the eternal glory of Jesus Christ. We, we sing in the, in the Christmas carol, Veiled in flesh the Godhead see, Heal the incarnate deity. That, that, that miracle and yet absolute mystery that God took on flesh and that in his humanity alone, still fully God, his, his deity, his glory was, was veiled. And here, on this Mount of Transfiguration, it, it is like the veil of humanity is, is stripped back and these three disciples see a glimpse of the glorious Christ for who he truly is. They are given a glimpse of the true eternal glory of the Son of Man. They they are seeing something of what the Son of Man will be after he is resurrected, ascended and glorified. Remember what Jesus said in chapter 8, 38. He said that after his death and resurrection... He will return as the Son of Man in glory, in the glory of his Father, with the holy angels. Jesus will return to judge, and he will return to save. And what Jesus has has told the disciples, they are now given reassurance as they get a glimpse of the full power of the kingdom. Of God. They can be assured that what Jesus said is true. Jesus will suffer and be resurrected and be glorified. Jesus' disciples, they too will suffer, but they too will be resurrected and glorified. These disciples were given reassurance to continue following Jesus Christ. Mark's original audience, those suffering persecution, they would gain reassurance to continue following Jesus. And today, as we consider the transfiguration, we too should gain reassurance to continue following Jesus Christ. Living post-resurrection, post-ascension in the day of the Holy Spirit, with centuries of testimonies to this truth, perhaps we should be assured more than ever that Christ will indeed return in glory, and if he does, we can be sure that we too will share in that glory. Jesus is glorious. Secondly then, Jesus is greater. We see in verses 4 to 8. Look at verse 4. There appeared to them Elijah with Moses and they were talking with Jesus. Elijah and Moses representing the law and the prophets speaking with Jesus who is 
the fulfillment of the law and the prophets. Of course, Moses was um, the Old Testament great deliverer of God's people. He was the one who brought God's law, God's words. Um, the one who, who God appeared to you in actually a similar way to what we see here. We, we can read about it in Exodus 24 where, where Moses was brought up a high mountain with three others to receive the word of God written on tablets of stone. And as Moses went up the mountain, the, the glory of the Lord dwelt on Mount Sinai and, and a cloud covered it for six and then we have Elijah the one who, who brought the word of God the one who was obedient to God one who, who suffered because of his obedience to God and, and one who in the end was taken up to God without ever having died so what, what a scene these disciples are witnessing standing on the top of this high mountain and, and there they are, they're watching Moses, the great lawgiver and Elijah, the great prophet speaking with Jesus. Well, Luke tells us the topic of their conversation. In Luke 9.30 we read, Behold, two men were talking with them, sorry, with him, Moses and Elijah, who appeared in glory and spoke of his departure, what he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. So they were speaking about his, his departure for Exodus, which Jesus would accomplish at Jerusalem. Again, we've said that, that, that God called Moses to lead the Exodus, that departure from Egypt. And what a thing that was. But yet, here they were speaking about the departure or the exodus of the Lord Jesus. The deliverance that he would bring. And this would happen in, in the not too distant future. It's just outside Jerusalem. When Jesus would die for the sins of the world. Deliver men and women from sin. Its consequences, its punishment. And bring them to that place that God has promised. You see, the deliverance that Moses brought was only a pointer to a greater deliverance that Jesus would bring. Elijah, the great prophet, was really only a pointer to the greater, greatest prophet, Jesus Christ, sent by God, obedient to God, and to suffer for God's people. And here, as Peter, James and John have been led up a high mountain, here they are receiving the very glory of the eternal word of God, Christ himself. That word that John spoke about in the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. I'm sure these disciples are, are just in, in disbelief. Well, Mark tells us, verse 6, that Peter didn't know what to say, for they were terrified. 
Now, when we're in a situation and we, we don't know what to say, um, what should we do? We should say nothing, shouldn't we? But of course, Peter, he can't resist. And he says to Jesus, verse 5, he says, Rabbi, it's, it's good that we are here. Let, let us make three tents. One for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. Now, why would Moses suggest building three tents? Well, possibly to honour those who were there. But perhaps more likely, Peter was thinking, well, this is it. The, the kingdom has come. Here, here we are in this place of glory. So let, let, let's build three tents and we can keep in this moment. Jesus will not have to go through suffering that he spoke about. We will not have to go through suffering that he spoke about. Then verse 7, a cloud overshadowed them. And a voice came out of the cloud. This is my beloved son. Listen to him. A cloud through scripture was always a sign of, of God's glory, God's presence with his people. It was a cloud that we spoke about that came to Moses on the mountain. It was a cloud that led God's people in the wilderness. Think of the cloud in, in 1 Kings 8, after the building of the temple, that cloud that filled the house of the Lord. We read, the glory of the Lord filled the house of God. As scripture tells us too, that when Jesus returns in glory and power to save and judge, he will return in a cloud. The glory, the presence of the Lord is here. And he says to these disciples, this is my beloved son, listen to him. Now the last time God spoke in this way was the baptism of Jesus we're back in Mark chapter 1. And in Mark 1.11, we read, A voice came from heaven, You are my beloved Son, with you I am well pleased. So there God speaks at the baptism of Jesus, affirming to Jesus his identity as God's beloved Son. Here, at the Transfiguration, God speaks to the disciples, affirming who Jesus Christ is. This is my beloved Son. Listen to him. And suddenly looking around, verse 8, they no longer saw anyone with them but Jesus only. Well, why is this? Because Jesus is greater. Jesus is greater than Moses and Elijah. They were merely pointers to Jesus. Jesus Christ is the fulfilment and climax of all that Moses and Elijah came to do. They are to fade into insignificance as the glory of Jesus continues to shine on and on and on. And these disciples, they are to listen to Jesus. Here's what the writer of the Hebrews says. 
long ago, at many times and in many ways. God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. God says, Peter, James, John, listen to this one. Jesus says, I will suffer, I will be killed, after three days rise again, and I will return in glory. And the same path will be for all who follow Jesus. His disciples are to listen to Jesus. And just now I want to say, if you are not assured this morning of who Jesus is and what he has come to do, Jesus, God's beloved Son, died for our sins. He was raised from death, offering us life forever. He will return in glory to save those who believe in him. Listen to him. Jesus is greater. Then finally, verse 9 to 13, Jesus is worthy. Verse 9, as they were coming down the mountain... He charged them to tell no one what they had seen until the Son of Man had risen from the dead. And probably because verse 10, they they were still questioning what this rising from the dead might mean. They still haven't fully got it. And they asked Jesus, verse 11, they they asked, why do the scribes say that, that first Elijah must come? It's quite likely they were thinking of Malachi 4, where God says, Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the great and awesome day of the Lord comes. And Jesus responds by saying that Elijah has come. And Matthew's Gospel is helpful to us here. It just reads much more clearly for us. Listen to Matthew chapter 17, verse 12. This is how Jesus responds. But I tell you that Elijah has already come and they did not recognize him but did to him whatever they pleased. So also the Son of Man will certainly suffer at their hands. Then the disciples understood that he was speaking to them of John the Baptist. When we looked at John the Baptist in Mark 1, we said that John came in in the spirit of Elijah, obedient to God, bringing the same message of repentance and belief, pointing to one who was greater, Jesus Christ. Well, Jesus again reiterates to the disciples that restoration will come through suffering. Verse 12, he said to them, Elijah does come first to restore all things. 
And how is it written that the Son of Man, that he should suffer many things and be treated with contempt? But I tell you, verse 13, Elijah has come, that is referring to John the Baptist, and they did to him whatever they pleased. You may remember chapter 6 that John the Baptist was beheaded because of his faithfulness to God. But Jesus' point remains the same. Suffering comes first. Jesus' death alone will restore us to a right relationship with God. Then, glory. Elijah suffered. John suffered. Jesus will suffer. And Jesus is saying to these disciples, as followers of me, you too will suffer. But suffering will lead to glory. As followers of Jesus today, we need to listen to him and we need to hear this same truth. Jesus suffered. As followers of Jesus, we, we shouldn't expect anything less or more, perhaps I should say. Again, we, we, we say many times, uh, and we mean it, that we are thankful to live in a place where we're suffering specifically for the sake of the gospel it, it is only ever likely to be very mild. But where we may receive ridicule or, or, or isolation, we continue knowing that glory follows suffering. But also to say that, that, that suffering um, in a general way, and of course we all face suffering as a consequence of sin in our world, uh, and I guess like suffering for the gospel, some of us will suffer in, in more extreme ways than others. We, we need to know this morning that suffering will lead to glory. And not, not just a glimpse of glory, but to see Jesus face to face, his full radiance, bright glory and that glory of Jesus will, will be our home we, we will then be able to, to pitch our tents as it were because that will be our eternal home God and, and God alone will be the joy of our eternal home he will be our one desire our hearts will never tire of God and God alone and when we get to that place I don't think we'll be wondering if, if suffering has been really worth it. We'll, we'll not be wondering if, if Jesus really was worthy, really is worthy of our praise. We will be assured more than ever that Jesus is glorious. Jesus is greater. And Jesus is worthy to be praised for all Eternity. Listen to what we read in Revelation 5. With this I close. That great picture looking forward to Christ's return. 
Worthy is the Lamb who was slain and to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honour and glory and blessing. To him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be blessing and glory and honour and might forever and ever. Amen. Let us pray together. Our God, we come to you and we want to recognise the eternal glory of Jesus Christ. Our God, we need you to help us to see how glorious Jesus is. Help us to see how great Jesus Christ is. Help us to see how worthy Jesus is. Help us to grasp the hope of future glory. And may this sustain us now and push us on through all that life brings, we pray in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Before we come around the Lord's